Welcome to the Lost Then Found Podcast. This is a space where we will discuss life, share truth, and gain an encouraging perspective, no matter our season or our circumstances. I'm your host, China Vogel, and this is a peek into my journey of being lost then found. Hello and welcome to the Lost Then Found podcast. I'm your host, China Vogel, and we are back. It is week three of our Trials and Tribulations series, and today we are going to be looking at Isaiah 35. And this week is also Thanksgiving. Uh, Generally, this is a week culturally where we get together with family, friends, we eat generally food, (laughs) a lot of food take good naps. There's some sort of media, right? Football or movies and uh, maybe some Christmas going on, whether that's presents, uh, Black Friday or Christmas decorations. Um, And that stuff's all good, but I know that it can also feel uh, like a trial depending on what your family dynamic and plans look like. Uh, you might have to muster up energy to go in this into this week, and maybe maybe that's not you. Maybe you like the holidays, and maybe you like the people you get to spend it with, but maybe you don't, and maybe it's tense or strained, um, or maybe you just have sadness around it because of loss or brokenness in your family. That could look like divorce, sickness, death, and those things could just act like a cloud, right, over holidays. And I know for my life, you know, Justin and I have 11 years of marriage under our belt now. Uh, We're in our 16th year, so we've completed 15 years together. So there's been a lot of holidays, like a lot. Um, And my husband and I have uh, just different makeups to our family, not good, bad, or indifferent, just, just different, right? And so our relationship with those with people on each side can look different as well. And so we have some that are really great. We have relationships that are strengthened. We love these people. Um, you know, it feels like there's like good, it's uh, a place where we can find safety and love and acceptance. And uh, it just feels like, I know we have some right now where it just feels like the Lord's breathing new life on it. And that's really exciting. And then there's also some that are really broken. Uh, These can cause heartache. uh, And they're honestly just far off from resembling anything that seems like it's God's heart or design. And those relationships, they, like I said, cause pain. They can cause anxiety. And holidays just amplify that. (laughs) Um, And so regardless of where you fit in the spectrum of things here, our topic today is applicable to you. And so we're going to dive into this passage in Isaiah and we're going to be looking at this trending theme and that is redemption. And uh, if you know the Lord, if you've read the word at all, you know that God is a redeeming God and that Isaiah 35, it kind of speaks and points to uh, how the Lord redeems things, right? And so Maybe you don't know. What does redeemed mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It can mean a few different things, but a lot of times it comes back to some of these themes. 
uh, or definitions. So it can be loosing from a bond. So like if you, um, yeah, if you're bound up, like you can be loose from that. It can be setting free from captivity or slavery. It could be buying back something that was lost or sold. And it can be exchanging something in one's possession for something that is possessed by another. And that redemption is what we're going to see playing out in this verse, this um, f- this setting free, this um, setting wrong things right, this um, exchanging one thing for another. And in the case with God, if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, uh, I'm, I know you probably know this, right? Like you were set free, right? Maybe you were set free from shame or you were set free uh, from your own sin or you maybe that word redemption makes you think of how when Jesus went to the cross and that he died to pay for those sins, that like he was the one being traded so that way you could have access to God, right? Um or how he found you when you were lost, right? Uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Like, that's my story. And I know for um, so many believers, that's that's the things that come to mind. But that's what we're talking about today. So just keep that in mind as we read through this. And we are going to read the entire thing. So Isaiah 35, let's dive in. So, Starts with joy of the redeemed is the header. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. The crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come and he will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, no, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. So we're going to unpack that. First off, I love (laughs) uh, the first thing when I was reading this that struck me about it was that the header for this chapter is joy of the redeemed. Like this passage is describing the joy and that like 
kind of emotion that comes to those who have been past tense redeemed and those who are future tense going to be redeemed, right? So it also talks about how God is going to take things and make them better or really not just make them like better, but do a 180 with them. So we see this in deserts and wilderness going to blossom, right? Hot sand will become a pool. Thirsty ground will turn to a bubbling spring where jackals were inhabiting, where it was barren, now grass will grow. And God will make things beautiful when it talks about the glory and the splendor of Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon being applied, right? And also that God's promises to make the blind see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the mute will shout for joy. The Lord has this way of creating contrast there that from the the broken and the sinful and the shameful, that he has a way of redeeming it. So bringing it full 180 and making it something that it could have never been on its own. Something so beautiful, so um, so good, because that's what he does. Um, and then once again, that there's freedom, right? That leads us to that God uh, kind of shows here that he will come to the rescue and that he will provide. It talks about how he'll strengthen hands, he'll steady knees. He encourages the fearful, right? And it also says that he'll provide protection. As it says, no lion, no beast will be on that path, on that highway. And then I found that super interesting that that was kind of plucked right almost in the center, that the path to fully receiving and enjoying that kind of redemption from God is seemingly on the way that's the highway of holiness that it references. And I think that's interesting that there's a path that only the righteous can walk on. And that is what leads to the return. That's what leads back to Zion, to the the holy place to where God inhabits and where God is describing where that joy and that like um, that overwhelming emotion will come, right? And that redemption will come. So there's good things. He has a way of turning things from bad to good. <laughs> that he's going to come to the rescue and he's going to provide. But that comes through walking on that highway of holiness. And that's what leads back to Zion. And that's what leads back to the presence of God and to that redemption being fulfilled, right? And then what comes that that he describes that in that redemption, that there will be an overwhelming goodness in the hearts of the redeemed because of the redemption that's taken place. It talks about gladness, talks about rejoicing, talks about singing, talks about how everlasting joy will be crowns on their head, like everlasting joy. <laughs> talks about how sorrow and sighing will be no more. They're going to flee, right? And so what does this mean? Right? What does this mean for this holiday season when we think of, you know, yes, the Lord's my redeemer because I'm a believer and he's redeemed me because I was sinful in nature. But what, how does that apply to now? How does that apply to the struggles that I have with family? How does that apply when, um, when I love my family, when it's hard, when it's good, you know, when there's, complicated, nuanced things like how does this apply? And I believe that 
maybe part of the answer is found in Psalm 107. This actually struck me, um, it would have been a few days ago now. I was preparing for Sunday morning, so I generally get up, um, even on Sundays, even though um, I'm up early, I am out the door early because I have two little girls that I need to get kind of squared away with someone to watch them during our worship rehearsal. We have worship rehearsal, then we have service. And so um, I, I'm i generally up early anyway, just to get ready. But then I've just felt super impressed in my heart that like, that's not a day to, just because I'm going to church, it's not a day that I don't intentionally sit down with the Lord and spend time with him. So I still do that on Sunday mornings. I just get up a lot earlier than normal. Um, so anyways, and it's been so fruitful. But this past Sunday, uh, Psalm 107 is what the Lord dropped in my lap. And it talks about, has this phrase that kind of like was like the thorn in my side in a good way of like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I'm going to read that to you. It's Psalm 107, one through six, and this is ESV. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Some wandered in desert waste, finding no way, no city to dwell in. They were hungry and thirsty. Their souls fainted within them. But then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. So that's one through six, Psalm 107. And that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, really what that's saying, like, hey, if you've tasted of like, if that resonates with you, like if, if that is your story, if that's your testimony and it is mine, like the Lord did that for me when I was thirsty, when I cried out, when I was weary, when I didn't, man, when I was (laughs) in trouble, And I cried out, the Lord came and rescued me and he redeemed me. So if I'm redeemed, it's saying, hey, if you've tasted of that, say so. And I think that that's a call to action. Uh, That's how I read that, that that's a um, kind of a like power in your testimony kind of call to action, right? If you've seen him be good in your life, if you've um, seen him deliver you out of your wandering. If he's fed you, if he's giving you a drink, if he's delivered you while you were in distress, say so. And so how does this theme of being redeemed apply? I think a few ways. So we're going to lean into that say so. And here are three ways that you're going to be able to say so this week regardless of what your family dynamic looks like. So first off, say so to the people around you. As you're with family, whether they're believers or not, as you're in the line checking out, picking up like that last minute thing for Thanksgiving dinner or lunch, if you're redeemed, say so. Share, even you don't have to like, I mean, if you want to go for it, but even if it's just a snippet, like, no, the Lord's done that for me. Or, yeah, you know, he really provided. I didn't know how I was going to pay for this, but he provided, right? And the the reality is you have absolutely no idea how you sharing even a snippet of your testimony of how he's redeemed you 
could impact the ears that are listening or how it could impact the eyes that are watching how you interact and how you respond. So say so to the people around you. And then secondly, say so to yourself. And if you have relationships that are aching, friends, I found power for this in in my own life this afternoon as I was wrapping up preparing for this. Um, I have some relationships that are just, they're heartbreaking right now. Um, But I thought of this and it's like, oh, that's so true. (laughs) It's true for me and it's true for you. That when there's relationships that are broken, when they seem hopeless, when you don't have hope for it, when you're like, you know what, I've had my fill (laughs) or it's estranged or whatever, you still have the ability to say so over those things. You can still proclaim God's character. You can still proclaim those promises and you do it when you pray. You do it when you worship. You do it in your internal dialogue and what thoughts you allow to linger. And so you need to dwell on what God can do. And I would encourage you, I I started to do this, this, this action this afternoon in it started to crack something open in my own heart to allow yourself to dream about what you hope God would do in your situation, in that relationship. I think so often, especially when it's like repeated um, hurt, right? That's so often um, we almost get numb and we stop hoping. We stop having expectations for it because it's just easier. (laughs) It's just easier to lower the bar. And I do think that appropriate expectations are healthy and good, but I do think that that in some regards can undermine, if we aren't careful, that it can undermine having hope in an infinite God who actually has control over it. And there's no um, depravity or damage or brokenness or severity (laughs) of relationship that he can't reach it in touch. And I'm not saying that fully means to step back in a relationship or I'm not commenting on that. I'm just saying God can do whatever he wants. God can heal. God can restore. And that may look like even healing your heart, right? So we say so to the people around us. You need to say so to yourself. Remind yourself like, yeah, dwell on dwell on those things. Pray about those things. Allow yourself to dream and hope for what God could want to do there. And then finally, you need to learn to say so to your spiritual enemy. <laughs> and the reality is the enemy, we know he's our our um, spiritual enemy. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, and you are an eternal being, right? And he wants to do everything he can to um, to just obliterate you and to get you um, not doing what the Lord has for you to do. He's against everything of God. So if God's hope, <laughs> of course, he'd want to be uh, making you hopeless. He'd want you to feel anxiety and despair and anger and rage and the list goes on. Like he would want you to have all of that just bubbling under the surface as you head into the holidays. And he'd want you to believe that it can't be redeemed or it's too messy, or it's too screwed up, or too unhealthy. But friend, I'm just repeating that because it's true. He specializes. We have a God who specializes 
and redeeming the most broken, screwed up things, the most heartbreaking of situations, he can still handle them. He's not scared of them. So if you feel those doubts come in, uh, if you feel, man, those those intrusive thoughts, those things that feel like the enemy's just throwing pot shots at you, you need to remind yourself and you need to speak out against those things and the enemy of your soul and remind them of what God said and what his promises are. And a great place to start is to even dig into Isaiah 35. And that would go for even speaking to yourself, like meditate on this passage. This is such like, you apply that to a broken relationship with a parent of how no, he can take the dry places that he can take, the weary stuff. (laughs) He can take the things that are ugly and he can make them beautiful again. Like that changes it's, it goes from this like head knowledge thing to like, no, that could be a reality for me, right? So Isaiah 35 uh, is a great place to start with that. There's also Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. And it's just a good call to action. It says, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed for his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Oh, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. You call it to mind. You can have hope. His love is and his mercy will not fail you. And then it just goes back to that man that wrapping that up with that Isaiah 35, 4. So that that chunk right almost on the tail end of our passage here where it says be strong do not fear behold your god will come with a vengeance with divine retribution he will come to save you so friend say it to the people around you say so to yourself say so to your spiritual enemy oh let the redeemed of the lord say so i've been redeemed And I need to keep that out in front of me this holiday season. And I pray that that would um, take something that probably feels for a lot of us like a trial, (laughs) like we're heading into combat. Oh man, and turn it into just such an opportunity for the light of Jesus Christ to shine through you. So uh, put that into practice. I pray that encourages you. And if for any reason you don't know this redemption that I'm talking about, it's available to you. Like if you're listening to that, maybe you, you've even if you've gone to church, like you know about these things, but you're like, man, I don't know if I know that firsthand. Um, I just want to lead you in a prayer to invite the Lord in to make those things fresh. Um, and I would say even for those of us who uh, we know these things, right? Like it feels a little, maybe a little bit closer. We always need refreshing. So. Let's pray together. So Jesus, I thank you that you are a redeeming God. And Lord, I pray that uh, for anyone who doesn't uh, know you as um, maybe their savior or maybe doesn't identify with you as their redeemer, God, I pray that you would, in the way that you do, that is so perfect and so timely, that you would reveal 
that part of your character and your nature uh, to those listening. God, and for those of us um, who have accepted you as our Savior and who know you're a Redeemer, but I realize that there's parts of my heart that are calloused or where I'm numb to it. Lord, would you just come in and knock those pieces off? Would you soften my heart? So that way I can see you rightly, so that way I can see your character rightly, and that this would be fresh as the day that you did it. Fresh as the day as I first tasted of your goodness and your faithfulness in my life. So Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. I pray that you would be with them as they head into family time and potentially um, toxic situations. But God, your light is bigger than any situation. It doesn't matter how long someone's been a certain way or if it's generational, Lord, that we get to be uh, the thermometer. We get to set the temperature. We get to be the thermostat, right? So Lord, let us remember that as we walk into these moments that we get to set the tone with the very spirit of God that's inside of us. And I pray that you would give us the boldness to say, no, the Lord's redeemed me. I'm going to say so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I feel like I always wrap up my prayers with a amen. Um, but I love you. I do know that. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my tea. And friend, I pray that your, your Thanksgiving is just so wonderful. Um, I pray that it would just bear really great testimonies of and the Lord's doing something there. Even if maybe you haven't fully stepped foot back into seeing these things fully revealed, that you could see God's hand moving because he's for you and he is going to come with a vengeance. So don't fear. Love you. Have a good week. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. See ya.